The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Well, good evening. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the one of the pastors here, and uh, everything that we are celebrating tonight is from God and it's for God. All of this is for the glory of Jesus Christ. And uh, I am so glad, we are so glad that all of you are here tonight, that we, we can celebrate God together, that we can together acknowledge that he is the one to be praised for all good gifts, including the gift of this, of this building. And I'd like to begin by reading from First Chronicles 16, several excerpts. And we're going to begin after that a time of, of worshiping God through song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Let's stand together. (laughs) We're going to be hearing from a lot of folks this evening, uh, sharing some different things. There's also going to be a ribbon cutting. But but a a dedication ceremony like this is for everybody. Uh, That is why uh, we're so glad that all of us can be here together. We want to to dedicate this land prayerfully and intentionally uh, for the glory of Jesus Christ tonight. And we're about to sing a song called Fall Away, and we've been singing at our church here for a while now. Uh, but as we sing this as a prayer, I, I invite you to, to join collectively. Let's, let's be, be praying that, that God would use this land and this place, this building, as a place where people can meet God, where people can learn about God, where people can worship God, where people can go forth to serve God, all for the glory of Christ. And let's, let's pray for that together as we, as we sing this song. Lord God, words cannot express how great you are. Words cannot express how kind you are. Words cannot express how faithful and how good and how true you are. We exalt you for your greatness, and we thank you that you love us and that you are for us. And as we gather here at this time to dedicate this building only a few weeks before we gather here again to celebrate Easter, we thank you tonight for the cross. We thank you for an empty tomb. And we thank you that because of what your son did on that cross, that anyone who wants to know you, who wants to know your love, who wants to know your grace, no matter who we are, can be welcomed to you with open arms. Thank you for welcoming us that way. And I pray that this church building would be a welcome place. That. And we know, Lord, that a church is not a building, it's a people. And so I pray for us as a people. We dedicate ourselves tonight as well, once again, that we would be open to how you lead us in this community, that we might show the love of Jesus Christ to many, for his glory. Amen. Please have a seat. 
I'm going to call up Chris Karam. I believe he's next. He's going to share with us. Kevin. As Kevin said, my name's Chris Karam. I'm the, or I was the chair of the building committee, and it's my pleasure to be able to share with you some God stories that we experienced during the building and transition phase. Now, you may think that I'm going to say that God came down in a large cloud or a lightning bolt, but for us, it didn't quite happen that way. God showed himself through different circumstances, through different people and companies, and even some of you in our congregation who you may not have even realized it. During the design phase, we had some issues with our site drainage and, and site drainage design. Our property was lower than the McGilvery Ditch, and we needed a pump and drainage system to actually get rid of our groundwater. This was quite an expensive system that was designed, and we really couldn't afford to move ahead and do that system. And it was at this point that God led us to Ron and Jeff and his two sons, or Ron, Jeff, and uh, Trevor Miller from Thomas Design. We did some researching for a while and looked at many different options, but what we settled on was a series of lakes that would be designed on our property that would accept the groundwater, and this would eventually flow one into the other and over to a section of our property that was higher than the McGilvery Ditch and water would drain naturally into it. And that ended up not to be a, not just a beautiful feature for our property, but a much more cost-effective option. And getting to know Ron and his family, he mentioned that he had ties to our sister church, McDermott Avenue Baptist. Ron had recalled how going to Sunday school, he had a teacher with the last name Struber, and we know that last name well in our congregation. And also, the front doors on the McDermott Avenue Baptist Church today were donated by Ron's father, who owned a hardware store just down the street. So no wonder when we went to see Ron that day that God had put something on his heart to be able to help us so well with this project. And during construction, we ran into a few issues, big issue with a mountain of concrete that we discovered just below the surface. There were, it was a maze of concrete that went 30 feet beneath the surface, took up about half of our building site. Even the walls on these mazes were about four feet thick. Lafarge Concrete used to own the property before us, and years ago they would dig out of what's now Lake Muir. They would dig all their material out of there and into these caverns and mazes, and they would mix their material for sale. The company that was looking after our, our site uh, parking lots and digging out our lakes is Maple Leaf Construction. They uncovered this concrete below the surface. They didn't want anything to do with it. None of their people saw anything like it. And it took us quite a while to talk back and forth with them and a lot of prayer on our part. 
and they finally agreed to help us out. Well, they, as God would have it, they brought in some expert operators and some larger equipment, and they finished the work in half the time and half the budget. What a blessing. As construction went on and we got to interact with some of the crew and the workers, Shane and, and Kyle, project manager from Thomas, had everyone on such a tight schedule. And we thank them for this because we got into our building in record time. We had thought that the crew was going to be upset and grouchy and hard to work with, but not this crew. They had such a good relationship and they worked so well together that they finished our building and they did such a great job. And it also helped that some of our congregation members offered to help bake them treats every Thursday. And uh, there was actually a waiting list to help bake for the crews. And every Thursday, there were between 20 and 40 crew members working on this building that got snacks, that appreciated it, voiced so much appreciation. They said no one had ever done anything like this for them before. And I just want to thank those who stepped up and served in this way because I think we blessed a lot of men during this project. As time went on, we also added to our building committee. To round it out, we added Wayne and Terrence to look after the sound and lights, and Kelly and Laura Lee to help with the interior design and furniture. God added these folks at the right time, and they had the right giftedness to be able to help us out and provide this beautiful building that we can enjoy for years to come. And as we transitioned into the building and moved in, we had even more of our people step up, even people that didn't come to our congregation. First time to our building, helping us unpack boxes and put together shelves and furniture, some of which was IKEA furniture, which takes a whole other level of patience and giftedness. <laughs> and folks with woodworking and metal shop abilities to make carts and coverings to cover our equipment. People stepped up in many ways. And when our chairs finally came in, the chairs that you're sitting on today, over 650 chairs on a trailer, we put out a simple message to our congregation and got over 40 people on a Saturday afternoon to help us unload the trailer. These chairs were wrapped, stacked, even the legs were wrapped. And our crew unpacked and unwrapped and unstacked and restacked and reorganized all those chairs in just about an hour, including cleanup. It was amazing. And when we finally settled into our building, we settled into our operational procedures and our routines, and everyone worked so well together. And they even extended some grace to those of us who needed to make a few tweaks in the operation to try to make things run smoother. And we appreciated that. And for me,
Sorry. I'm just happy God used me. I promised myself I wouldn't do this. <laughs> and my giftedness over the years to serve him in this way. It's been such a privilege to work with those of you and develop relationships that I wouldn't have normally have developed. And it's through this service opportunity that I've had this, this chance. And even my work life slowed down at a time when this building was being built so that I could focus a little more on it. And then to the day that construction was over, sure enough, my work life picked up again. Got busy at work. And I've been so thankful to have had a front row seat to watch God work in and through us over this period. And, and I can't wait to see what God has planned for his church in this building for years to At this time, we're just going to change gears a little bit. The folks from Thomas, I'm going to ask the folks from Thomas if they'd come on up to the front. They have a presentation and like to say a few words. Let's, uh, let's give them a, a round of applause as they come up. I'll also ask Pastor Terry if he could come up as well. Good evening. Welcome to the brand new home of the White Ridge Baptist Church. My name is Jeff Miller, partner of Thomas Design Builders, and the construction manager is responsible for the construction of this wonderful new facility. On behalf of Thomas Design Builders, I'd like to thank the White Ridge Baptist Church Building Committee for selecting our team to build the new church and welcome our new neighbor, the White Ridge Baptist Church. I would also like to thank, I also would like to thank Thomas Design team that was responsible for the overall day-to-day -day construction, project manager Kyle Kosnick, and our site supervisor, Shane Nemnitton. On behalf of Robertson Building System, the supplier of the structure, roof system, and wall panels, the White Ridge Baptist Church has been awarded the prestigious worship facility for 2018. And it's our pleasure to present Pastor Terry and Building Committee Chair Chris this award, as well as a check from Thomas Design Builders to be donated to your capital building fund. Thank you.
Amen. Thanks, you guys, so much. It's uh, such a great partnership that has been formed with Thomas Design. And uh, Chris has been, uh, I think, uh, offered many other jobs in the process, and we've tried to keep him around here and, of course, his other, other daytime work. And uh, we're grateful to God. And like Chris said, how, how many people God has raised up in the process of this whole uh, journey. But it certainly has meant a lot to have uh, a group of people like Thomas Design. And, and I hope we're good neighbors for you when we, as we proceed. Um, somebody asked me, uh, or a couple of people asked me, if uh, there's going to be an offering this evening. <laughs> Hard for a pastor to turn that up. We're not going to have an offering. <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, if you are interested and have come prepared uh, to donate and contribute to the, the capital fund, this project, uh, build this building, at the Welcome Center after the service, there will be people there that can, uh, can give you an envelope and take down your information. Uh, I'd like us to uh, read a couple of passages of Scripture tonight. And uh, I uh, won't ask you to turn to it if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. But uh, I'm going to just read a couple of passages. Number one in, from the Gospels is Mark chapter 4. And our custom here is to stand as we hear God's word. So if you would stand with me if you're able to, let's listen to what Jesus has to say in this parable. In Mark 4, and beginning with verse 26, this is what Jesus said. He said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And then the Apostle Paul, who writes to the church at Corinth, says this in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians in verse 5. What then is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each his task. I planted, Paulus watered, God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, God's building. May God bless his word. You may be seated. In just a short while, and I don't know exactly how long, the farmers of Manitoba will be getting onto their fields. And in just a short while, the families of Manitoba will be getting into their backyards and they'll be getting into their gardens. And we are all looking forward to a new season of growing. And that's the name of this capital campaign and the name of this whole season of our church's family life is that it's a new season of growing together. I remember when my wife and I uh, planted our first garden, our first year of marriage, 36 years ago, and uh, we took a pail of seed potatoes and planted them, and back in, later in September, we went out and we harvested a pail of potatoes. <laughs> they weren't the same ones, I can tell you. But we're looking forward to a new season of growing together in a much more fruitful way than that. And I want to just meditate for a moment tonight on what that, what that looks like as we think about our church family and this new season of growing together at this time in the next few years. A couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was even this past week, in a prayer room over here, 
uh, at, a, at a prayer group we call Come to the Quiet. We meet weekly. One of the people that was praying prayed this. They said that we would be able somehow to show God's heart to this community. And for me, that's really what church is all about, isn't it? It's making visible this invisible God. In everyday life, people are in a hurry and bustle of, and, and they're going all kinds of different directions. And somehow, if there's one organization in a city, if there's one business or organization in a city that has the task of slowing down and making this invisible God visible, it is the church. The church is the one institution in society that is meant to call away from the material and away from the visible and call attention to that spiritual, that invisible element, that living God that is always with us but so often not thought of. It is the church. That's our mandate. That's our calling. And it's an incredible high calling. And our conviction is that that's why God has brought about this building the unseen but ever-present invisible God himself, silently working his, out his purposes, has called a, a group of people that low, know and love him to be his body on earth, his, his visible presence of an invisible God. And I love, the, I love the parable that Jesus tells here because he tells a parable about a, a simple farmer that goes out and plants his seed and it says that it appears this way. The earth produces, and the word in Greek is by itself. It's the word autome. It means it's the word automatic. Automatically, the, the, the earth produces first the seed, then the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain. It just, it just happens. And, and the text says, Jesus says in this story, he says, what's the farmer doing when all that's taking place? He says he's sleeping. The farmer is sleeping while all this stuff is going on under the ground. And it would be foolish for a farmer to get up and worry at night and go out and walk in the furrows and think, oh, I wonder if the seed is germinating. No, he, he, he leaves his hands off of it. He, he trusts that this invisible automatic process is going on. And uh, farmers are intuitive this way, aren't they? they? They intuitively know how to leave in God's hands what is only God's to do and to do what God puts in their hands to do. Aren't they? They're incredible creatures, these farmers. And you know, that we, we learn a lesson from that, don't we? We need to know that we, we cannot do what only God can do. The other side of that is that God will not do what we're meant to do. You can apply that on your own individual life. You can apply it to your family, and we can apply it to our church. And so Paul, in this text in Corinthians, says, well, I planted, and Apollos watered it, but he has to finish by saying, but God made it grow. And I can tell you, church family and all the visitors, uh, we've been working hard, we've been planning, and we've been preparing and building and, and working more and so on, but, but we really depend on God to give the growth. The kind of growth that matters. Not just bigger buildings and bigger budgets, but the kind of growth that is the invisible growth, again. 
where, where God lays hold of a heart that until that moment is blind or dead to this God, this invisible being, and he begins to get the attention of that woman or man that up until that time never even saw God. Have you ever noticed how you can drive by a building and not know it's there, and then if you go walk to work one day, you notice that building. It's like driving a car that you, or buying a car that, that you never had bought, and then all of a sudden everybody owns one, right? And that's, that's what, we're, what we're all about, is we're trying, to, we're trying to pray that God would make visible His invisible nature. And so whether it's English conversation circles to immigrant families, or it's a food bank that helps those that are having a tough time making ends meet this month, or whether it's a trip to northern Manitoba to Garden Hill for a, a mission trip to the First Nations there, or whether it's a service that we provide in a senior's residence, or whether it is Easter services or Love Winnipeg or helping a school or, or, or some other thing we do, what we're trying to do really besides that outward help is we're trying to make visible someone who's invisible. And oh, we want the spiritual eyes to be opened for people to see that this living God is real. That this Jesus Christ we just spent 20 minutes singing to is real. And he's knocking on hearts' doors and he wants that door to open. And I trust that tonight, if, if anything tonight stirs in you a desire to take a step closer into that invisible spiritual world where God, the living God, reigns and Jesus Christ is his name, Boy, we would love to talk to you about that because that's what the church is all about. And so, friends and family and visitors tonight, that's our heart's desire is that God the invisible would be made visible by us as people. And tonight, as Pastor Kevin shared, we, we dedicate this building. It was, it's incredible how God has brought this together. I'm so grateful that Chris shared a few of the God stories tonight. But we're also dedicating this land and we're dedicating us as his people to him tonight. And so, uh, in just a moment, I'm going to be asking a whole bunch of people to come up front here. And there's a line that's divided by the tile colors. And I'm going to ask that group to stand on that line. And uh, then we're going to have a prayer of dedication of uh, this building, this property, and God's people called White Ridge Baptist Church. We're going to be praying that the ministry of our church family will extend to touch many lives. And we're going to pray that the exalting of Jesus will happen in every relationship that we form. And so could I just begin then by introducing a few people that will come and help us cut a ribbon as we formally open up this building to the ministry of White Ridge Church and to the glory of Jesus Christ. There are two women that actually are the longest standing members of this church. One of them, Irma Kelm, was the one that came from McDermott to Grant to, this, to the Skirfield and now to here. And we're so grateful that she's able to be here with us this evening. So if Irma could come forward. And the other member that's been a long time with us is Trudy Patzer. And I'm going to have Trudy and Irma as our charter members come forward and, and face the congregation right ahead of the pulpit here and uh, get ready to uh, cut the ribbon. I'm going to also ask that our moderator and chairman of the board, Azar Lulden, come forward, that our capital funds chair, John Wiltshire, come forward, our building chair, Chris Karam, 
our transition team chair, Lorraine Barton, and our prayer team chair, Tim Haig, come forward as well. And you can be all on one side of Irma and Trudy. I'd ask also that the Manitoba Baptist Association Executive Chair, Barry Thiessen, come forward, and that our regional minister of the Northern Plains region for the North American Baptist Conference, Randy Jaspers, come forward. And our staff here in our church family, Kathy Cronelson, our office administrator, Sheila Taylor, our children's ministry director, Pastor Kevin Schuler, our pastor of student ministries, Doug Friesen, our pastor of discipleship and outreach, Kevin Clausen, our pastor of worship and care, and a special guest of one in our church family that we deeply love and partners with us so often, Pastor Sehun Lee, who is the pastor of Winnipeg Samong Presbyterian Church, who also meets in this building every Sunday afternoon. And so these are the 16 people that we've invited to come forward and join us together in this opportunity to cut the ribbon formally. And before we do so, I'm going to invite Tim Haig, who is our local church rep here, and Barry Thiessen, who is the Manitoba Baptist Association rep, and Randy Jaspers. If those three could lead us in prayer, I'm going to ask that you would stand now with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening and we first of all acknowledge you as our great high King and Lord of heaven. We come to you in our, your Son's name, Jesus Christ. And Father, we are so very grateful for this time, for this place that you've brought us. We think of all the years that we have been in this process. We remember back to when you gave us this land. We remember back to the time when we first thought it was time to build. It wasn't. You sent us through a different time. You brought us through that, Father, and you brought us ultimately to the time that you would have us build. You have provided so abundantly for us in people and in resources in so many ways, Father, that if there is no way for us to recount or to speak of all the great things you have done on our behalf. And so, Father, now we come to this evening and we thank you, God. We thank you for all that you have given us. And we pray, Father, now that you would take this building and take the church that you have planted in it and use us to your glory. We pray that this church would be a beacon in this community, in our city, that it wouldn't be just a pretty place tucked among the trees, but it would be a place that people know and realize Jesus Christ is alive. I pray, Father, that it would be a place that the unwanted will find that they are wanted where the unloved will find that they are loved, where the other, the immigrant, the foreigner, will find a, a home. And know, Father, that it is because of you and your Son that we exist. I pray, Father, that we would be so very careful to make your name famous in our world, that we would give you all the glory in our world, and in doing so, Father, that you would see many, many, many come to know your Son as their Lord and Savior. I pray that our children will follow, will, will follow you because of what we've done here today. I pray that our children's children will know you and follow you because of what we have done here today. And that generation upon generation will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior because of what we've done here today. Thank you, Father. It's in your Son's name we pray.
Father, you have reminded us again today just how good you are. You have blessed this congregation. You continue to bless them. We thank you so much for that reminder. Father, I believe you've given me two pictures for us to think about as we pray together today. First one, Father, is that picture that we find in the Old Testament where Solomon and the people dedicated the temple. Father, they worshipped and they rejoiced. And your Shekinah glory descended on that place. And Father, we aren't waiting for your Shekinah glory tonight. You've already demonstrated you are here. Father, I can say that because I've just heard these folks sing as they lifted their voice to you. Thank you for that. And I pray, Father, that this building and these people, Father, will be just envoys to your glory through them and to the surrounding community for the kingdom of God. Then, Father, there's another picture that I have in my mind. It's of you being the master builder. And you're using the people of this congregation, God's people, to be the hands, to mold, to share, to help people shape their lives and give them a future that only Jesus Christ can give. And Father, this building is just one of the tools that you've given this congregation to help in that mission, in that goal, in that vision. But Father, without being used this building just becomes a building like any other building. That is not our desire, Father. It is our desire that this building be used and that it just be a place that's crawling with activities that share you with the community and help people grow for the sake of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. What a privilege to be here together tonight and to rejoice together. And we thank you for that and continue to praise you as we continue to wait on you. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for your presence among us, for your grace of calling us to yourself through Jesus, may you mobilize this people, this people, in this community, in this region, to shine even more brightly as your lights in a very dark place. That, that men and women and girls and boys would be drawn to the light who gives life. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your presence, but thank you that we we are gathered because of your finished work on the cross and of the promise of your return. And so, Lord, as we dedicate a building, we dedicate ourselves to you. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond, far above, abundantly, all that we can ask or think, According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
Now that Irma and Trudy would cut the ribbon as we declare officially this White Ridge Baptist Church building open to the ministry of our church and the glory of Christ. Amen. folks have been standing for quite some time, but I'm going to ask you to stand for just a couple minutes longer. There's, it feels like there's really only one song that would properly close out this evening tonight, and we're going to sing about God's faithfulness, and let's, uh, let's sing this together. So glad you've been here. So grateful to have joined and shared in this evening together. And I hope you can stay and not run away. There's refreshments that are going to be served in the foyer, and I hope you'll join us. Now may the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one today and forever. Go in peace.